Hey everybody and welcome to today's podcast, Nutty Buddy Sports, and today we talk about NBA Draft. We look over a mock and we talk about all the picks of the first 10 teams. That's all happening now on Nutty Buddy Sports. Welcome today to the Nutty Buddy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and today I am just going to talk about the NBA draft. I'm going to look at an NBA mock draft uh, given by the Bleacher Report, and we're going to talk about each and every pick just up till about pick 14. What I want to kind of talk about is the players fit on each team what I think of it, and um, some trades that could happen tomorrow night, or even you know, a couple that I thought of. But um, obviously we still have a lot of offseason to go with the NBA. First to draft, then free agency. We know there's some people on the trade market. Bradley Beal has not requested a trade yet, although a lot of teams are sitting there waiting waiting to see if this guy will request a trade. Damian Lillard, it sounds like he's going to stay in Portland at least for one more year. C.J. McCollum may be available. Ben Simmons is available, but it seems as if his asking price, what the, the Sixers want for him, is too steep. I heard a trade rumor about uh, O.G. Ananobi, Siakam, and Lowry for Ben Simmons. That was a trade that the 76ers were trying to get for Ben Simmons. That ain't happening. At least I don't think. Toronto would be kind of dumb dumb to do that trade. So, a lot of offseason yet to go, but we want to focus here on the draft because the draft is one day away, and every NBA fan, well, I shouldn't say every, the bottom 14 teams are pretty excited. Every player... uh, or I should say fan base that is in the lottery is excited to see what their team is going to do. So I wanted to talk about this mock draft that I found and what the picks are, the reasons why, and whether I agree with their reasoning or not. So let's get into it. We'll talk about the 2021 NBA draft. And with the number one pick, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham. So to start off, the number one pick, Cade Cunningham to Detroit. Now, this isn't, to me, an obvious pick. And as a Detroit Piston fan since 2002, I really think this is the right pick for Detroit. Now, this is what the Bleacher Report says. It simply says, with his ability to create his own shot, play, make, and hit, spot up threes he will operate as a combo guard next to killing Hayes that's the part of the article that I think is so important because to me this is what Detroit needs and if you look at every NBA team that has made the playoffs as important as it is to have a big man like Evan Mobley to guard all the positions It's more important to have somebody to facilitate an offense. Now, if this was the Charlotte Hornets at the number one pick, Evan Mobley would be an easy grab because they already have LaMelo Ball. 
if this was the Memphis Grizzlies because they already have Ja Morant. Or even you could say the Cavaliers. But because the Pistons, they need playmaking on their team. They need somebody who can make their own shot, create their own shot, find the open guy. It just makes a lot of sense for Cade to go to Detroit. He is 6'8". He can play alongside Killian Hayes, who is 6'5", 6'6". You have Sadiq Bey, who is a spot-up three-point shooter who can defend, who's 6'7". You know, you got Grant, who's 6'9", who showed flashes of being able to be a, a, a scorer in the NBA. And then you have Isaiah Stewart, who's 6'9". And what you're really doing is you're making your team completely interchangeable, basically switching on defense everything. Because you're long and you're you got height all across the you know, court from the point guard to the center position. It makes so much sense to me for them to draft Kate Cunningham. Now there has been trade rumors about the Rockets offering picks and young players for the number one pick i don't i don't care the whole point of draft picks is to try to get the number one pick so you can set your franchise up for at least the next eight to ten years to get more picks and you not knowing where those picks are going to land there's always a risk the Pistons have the number one pick. They need to take Cade Cunningham. Now, there was another rumor that they talked about with SGA and the number six pick to Detroit for the number one pick. And again, that was a little bit more enticing of a trade for me as a Piston fan because you know what SGA is. You know he already has a floor. And his ceiling is continuing to rise. He can be an all-star caliber guard for sure. But again, I don't know. There's something about Cade being your own guy, not somebody that continually is, is traded like SGA was traded from the Clippers to Oklahoma City, being traded to Detroit. He, he also is long and he makes good – he's a good playmaker. He, he can shoot the ball. But I'm stuck on Cade Cunningham. So unless the Pistons are offered a magnificent deal here, the Pistons need to stay here, draft Cade, and just reap the benefits of that for the next 8 to 10 years. And it's important to note, too, I just want to bring this up. Having really good big men or great big men in the NBA is awesome. And it's really a luxury pick at that point. Like, to me, when you look around the NBA, look how good Jokic is in Embiid. But the fact that Murray was out and Ben Simmons sort of fell apart, it shows that not only big men have a great um, influence on the game, but their influence can be limited. Anthony Davis, as great as a talent as Anthony Davis has been his entire career. He could not get past the second round of the playoffs, and very rarely were they consistently in the playoffs as the Pelicans. 
and he had Drew Holiday on his team. Now, obviously, you have Giannis, but Giannis has one of the best perimeter defenders and one of the best sharpshooters in the league on his team. And there's a rule, but there's always exceptions to rules. And to me, more importantly, than when you're starting and you're building your team, it's more important to have playmaking combo guards than it is to have a big man that can guard every position. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because Evan Mobley is the other guy that's very intriguing to me as a Piston fan because of his offensive skill, because he can guard uh, different um, positions on the court. So I would say if Cade isn't the first pick as a Piston fan, if the Pistons are going to take anyone else, I almost prefer Evan Mobley. But the reason why you take Cade is because he's that playmaking guard at 6'8". He can hit shots, you know, get other people shots. He can play off the ball. And because he can do all those things, that's more valuable to a team right now that's rebuilding than a big man like Evan Mobley. With the number two overall pick, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. So the Rockets here obviously are also rebuilding, much like the Pistons, and they too need young, athletic combo guards, and that's why Jalen Green again makes sense here. He is an elite athlete. He can handle the ball. His footwork is great. He can his shot making improved last year. He's described as sort of like a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal, which is something that the Rockets absolutely uh, could use. He's about, I think he's 6'5 or 6'6, so he also adds a little bit of height. Now, the Houston Rockets have a ton of questions this offseason. I mean, what what are you going to do with John Wall? Are you going to get rid of Aaron Gordon? What's the deal with Christian Wood? So having Jalen Green alongside of someone like Christian Wood, who has been in a couple trade rumors to move up or move on, would be a good one-two punch. They also have um, Kevin Porter, who showed that he can play offensively and score offensively in the NBA. So they'll have two explosive wings that they can build with, which what is what the article mentions why you take green. And again, when you think about Evan Mobley, as great as a player that I think he's going to be because of what everybody talks about, his ability to guard all five position, his offensive game, he's seven foot and he can do that, which is really what you need in the NBA to get to the finals. When you talk about the Pistons and the Rockets, their goal is not to make the finals right now. Their goal is just to contend to the playoffs, and guards are more likely to help you to do that than big men. So I think this is a great pick for the Rockets. As far as them trading out of this spot, I don't see it happening. Um, I do want to touch on John Wall real quick. I could see him being a buyout candidate um, towards the after the trade deadline this season. The trouble with him, though, is he still has two years in a player option, I believe, left on his contract, which is a a tough pill to swallow for any team that's going to trade for him. So for him to be a buyout option is more likely. 
It just depends on what he's willing to give up to be able to go to a contender. Now, the positive, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, if John Wall ends up staying and not being bought out, is that this guy does like to pass the ball. He averaged seven assists last year. He moves the ball. It's not like he needs to to shoot every shot or whatever. So I don't think he'll stunt Jalen Green's growth. I don't think anyway. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what the Rockets do. I, I do expect them. If I had to pick between them and the Pistons, I expect the Rockets next year to be in this spot more than the Pistons will be. I think both teams will obviously both be in the lottery next year. But I do think that the if I had to pick one team that's going to improve more dramatically, it would be the Pistons because they have more young talent, which isn't a bad thing for the Rockets because that just means the Rockets will have another opportunity at getting the number one pick and you can get another player to put next to Jalen Green. In fact, there's that big guy out of France that's like 7172. I can't even try to pronounce his name, but he's supposed to be like a really good prospect next year. So if you're a Houston Rock fan, that's kind of what you're hoping. Let Jalen Green grow, let Kevin Porter Jr. grow, and lose competitively this next season and get yourself in a position to get someone like that, like a 7-2 guy who's supposed to be like an offensive and defensive like great player he's from france but anyway yeah good pick for the rockets here if this is what happens with the third pick in the nba draft the cleveland cavaliers select evan mobley so this is our first big man off the board evan mobley and it's the obvious first big man now he is seven foot he has the ability to handle make jumpers protect the rim switch on the floorboards he can really guard all five positions as i said before And for the Cavaliers, another really good pick. Because really, they already have Sexton and they already have Garland. So you don't need another guard. You know, Suggs is available at this point, but you're probably going to go with Mobley. If you make this pick. Now, they do have Jared Allen. And I think Allen and Mobley, when you think of their different skill sets they could play on the court together so you could legitimately have two seven-ish footers on the court at the same time but it would be interesting to maybe see the Cavaliers trade out of this spot now if I'm the Cavs I probably take Evan Mobley and not trade out of this spot because this is the kind of player you need to add to your roster. The thing with the Cavs is they have a lot to think about when it comes to their roster because what I hear when I listen to other people talk, the smarter people than I am, is that the um, Cavs really want to play to get into the playing game. That's, That's sort of their goal. And that's why moving back and getting um, veteran players or whatever, they're they're good with that. That's what they kind of want to do. They also have made Colin Sexton available. Now this is this is the reason why, and it makes sense to me. Garland and Colin Sexton are both six one. They both can handle and score the ball. 
but neither one of them are really great defenders. And even if they were great defenders, even if at 6'1", you're a really good defender, you still aren't a p- positive defender because of your height, typically. Typically. Patrick Beverly is, is an outlier, obviously, but typically you're just not that great of a defender. There's other outliers, but I'm just saying like typically. And we see the best version of what Sexton and Garland could potentially be in Portland, right? Lillard and McCollum. And we've seen how that has struggled throughout the years and struggling building around them. Now, partly is that because the front office office is not putting the right tools or pieces around McCollum and Lillard. And the other part is because when you have two guards that small, it's hard when the league is getting bigger and it's sort of becoming like a, a forwards league. Like you think of some of the best players right now, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, Giannis, uh, LeBron. The, these are all forwards that can handle and the ball and, and get points, and some of them can distribute. Luka Doncic, they're all forwards. So what they need to do is hopefully trade Sexton and get some players or player that is going to help them fill some void so the Cavs offseason is going to be very interesting I think because they also have Kevin Love who probably wants to be moved who hasn't had a healthy season in like four years so who knows if that will happen because his contract is still a little outrageous but I think he only has two years left it doesn't I don't think he has a ton of years left on his contract maybe even just one I'd have to look that up but I'm not going to do it right now so Kevin Love could definitely be a trade asset for a team, but you're going to have to trade like Kevin Love for 50 cents, basically. Then you, and or he's going to be a buyout candidate, just like John Wall, which will be fascinating. Now there is a trade that I thought of that was like, well, this could be an interesting trade for both teams. What if the Warriors called Cleveland? They're trying to move up to three. Maybe. I, mean, I don't know for sure, but let's say they want to move up to three and they offer Wiseman 7 and 14 and maybe a future first-round pick for a three in Sexton. Th- that was a trade I thought of. Like, why wouldn't this work? Now, here, here's my, my reasoning on that. It still gives the Cavs a big man with a ton of potential. I really like Wiseman. It also gives them two other opportunities to get young forwards in this draft or they even could trade the 7 14th pick to get a different player it would also help them get rid of sexton and what you're doing is basically trading your last year of sexton for three more years of wiseman on the rookie deal so just a trade i thought of like and i think for the warriors why this makes sense is because then they can draft mobley which is he's more ready now to win than than Wiseman is he would fit what the Warriors do better or they could trade the third pick and get like Bradley Beal whoever they want but you also get a sixth man in Sexton who can come off the bench and get buckets people forget he averaged 24 points last year he was pretty solid scoring the the basketball uh, last year so again 
for the Cavaliers, Mobley's the right pick here if you're going to pick a player. Otherwise, it'll be pretty interesting to see if they can get some sort of assets or trades with the third overall pick. With the fourth pick of the NBA draft, the Toronto Raptors select Scotty Barnes. So this is where it's a little bit surprising here in the mock draft because Scotty Barnes has moved up mock drafts throughout this draft season for the NBA. He is 6'8". He too is a point guard. And what the article here in Bleacher Report mentions is that he can. he's already an NBA-ready defender with unique playmaking and they could play him at small ball five with Siakam in Ananobi to create one of the toughest defensive trios of bigs, which is true. What I find fascinating, though, is Terrell, um, not Terrell, I almost said Terrell Suggs. I meant Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is probably the pick that most people that I heard thought that would be best for Toronto because a lot of people compare Jalen Suggs to Kyle Lowry. And because Lowry seems like he'll be leaving this offseason, OKC is ready to offer him a lot of money for him to play there. It would make a lot of sense for them to draft Jalen Suggs. But here's here's the thing. You can go back to the same line of reasoning with the Cavs. The fact is they already have Fred Van Vliet, who is a 6'2", 6'3", guard that's going to end up being the starting point guard for the Toronto Raptors. Or starting guard, I should say. And he's 6'1", not 6'2", I'm sorry. So adding somebody that can play make, and, and we know Fred Van Vliet can play off the ball, that is 6'8", 6'7", 6'8", who can handle, play make, and defend, might be the best route for the Raptors right here. I like this pick for the Raptors. I think it's the right pick if you think of their roster construct. And again, I'm just a big fan of like, when I'm building an NBA team, even on like 2K, I like tall and long. I can have one guy on my team that's like 6'3", 6'4", and under. But for the most part, I want tall, long players. And when franchise franchises build like that, I think they're more successful. I mean, think about, you know, obviously Steph Curry isn't, um, is sort of, well, no, because he's with Clay Thompson, who's six seven, and then he had Andre Iguodala and and Draymond. But when you think of teams that have two guards that are under six foot three, they typically don't. It doesn't work well. Like even Wall and Beal, when Wall was good, Wall and Beal had troubles. You know, being championship contenders, and that's the whole point. So if you're gonna have Fred VanVleet. Stay the course, pick up Scotty Barnes. Like they mentioned in the article, you'll have this interchangeable forwards, three of them, that when you're playing small ball, you have three guys out there that's like six, seven, six, eight that can be interchangeable. Part of the reason why I picked the Clippers to win the finals 
was because they had Kawhi, Paul George, and Marcus Morris, which were interchangeable forwards on the defensive end. And I think that's what the NBA is slowly becoming. So as far as this pick, if I am the Raptors, I will go and say, Scotty Barnes, I like it. With the fifth pick of the NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select Jalen Suggs. So Suggs here, point guard, I think he's about six foot. It's going to be interesting to see if this works out for Orlando. They have Fultz, but Fultz is coming off an ACL tear. Cole Anthony, you know, he slipped. He was a high prospect the year before the draft, and then the year of the draft, he slipped. I think he he was drafted like 15th last year or something like that. And he's known more for his scoring. So you have Suggs that can be... A passer but I think for Orlando I I don't know I would like them this well this kind of makes sense because they always have these forwards and centers on their team that they always draft and that never works out like they had Aaron Gordon and I, um, Jonathan Isaac they have many other forwards and young ones too I don't know if I would take Suggs, though, because they also have R.J. Hampton. It would be nice, I think as an Orlando Magic fan, if I'm sitting there and I'm Orlando, it would be nice to trade your 5-8 and and move up and get one of the more coveted... Like, it would make more sense for them to draft Scotty Barnes. Two. Not just Toronto, but them. It would make sense for them to move up and draft a Jalen Green or Evan Mobley. That makes more sense. But if teams aren't willing to trade, you can't do anything about it. I wonder if they could trade a 5-8 and eight to get a more known player with a couple of these young players that they have that are forwards. And... I like. I would love to name them off. I'm I'm horrible with names, but they have like, if you just look at their roster, they have like four or five forwards that are like, twenty three and under. It's just like wow, and they have Otto Porter Jr. and Terrence Ross. So, getting a guard makes a lot of sense. Jalen Suggs makes a lot of sense, but you do have Cole Anthony, you do have R.J. Hampton, and you have Fultz. And you have Fultz. So it's almost like they continue to add to this pile of assets, but nothing's coming out of these assets. So would it be smarter for the Magic to either try trading up the 7 and 8 or trade, I mean, 7 and 8, the 5 and the 8? Or would it make more sense to try to trade the 5 and 8 for, you know, to some other team for a known player that you know is going to be solid or good now the question is what player could that be i'm not entirely sure about that like it's colin sexton but then it kind of defeats the purpose you might as well just draft Suggs because my my whole thing is like you have enough guards as it is but yeah it'll be interesting i'm not gonna say i'm pro or against this pick 
it, it it's a whatever pick to me. I just think with the Magic, they have so many prospects and so many people that they need to develop. To trade their five and eight pick would make more sense than to pick both at five and eight. With the number six pick, the Oklahoma City Thunder select James Booknight. So I want to just read this part of the article for you because to me, this sums up how I feel about the pick. Between Booknight and SGA, the Thunder would have two guards with size who can each get their own shots. Booknight 6'5". I actually love this pick for Oklahoma City, especially if they keep SGA. It sounds like, uh, well, he's he is athletic. He has good shot creation. And it seems like after his pro day, as the article mentions, the questions about his shootings have shooting seems to have faded. I like this pick because it makes SGA and Booknight, again, interchangeable at the guard position. They're both 6'5". They both can uh, play D. They can both... Um, what's it called there, uh, get their own shots. Now, obviously, Book Knight has to learn to play more consistently in NBA defense. That's more important. But I like Shea. I, lo- I like him as a player. Um, it's surprising to me that the Thunder are so willing to trade him. And to me, the Thunder have enough assets. Just real quick, as a side note, if they wanted to trade Book Knight or the number six pick, I should say. I think they have the 11th. And Shea, and they have so many assets that if they want to move up in this draft, they can. They can move up in this um, draft if they want to. I'm sorry, not the 11th, but the 18th, the 16th and the 18th pick. But the problem is, is you... It's how it, it just depends on how they feel about these players. Do they feel really that Cade Cunningham um, is this franchise altering player, or Evan Mobley, or Jalen Green? Or are they kind of throwing these rumors and these trades out there to look at their fan base and say, hey, we tried? Because if they really want to, I think they can make an offer that would be overwhelming for one of the top three teams. Shea being in it or even him not being in it because they have so many draft picks. But if Oklahoma City sticks with number six and they get book night, I love this pick. I love the combo guards, both those two being able to create their own shots. They're, they're starting to build something. And now we'll see how they could build around that moving forward. With the number seventh pick, the Golden State Warriors select Jonathan Kaminga. So this is another pick I love. I love the fit. Just like I love the fit of Mobley to the Cavs. I love the fit of Book Knight to the OKC Thunder. I love the fit of Jonathan Kaminga to the Warriors. The reason why I like it is because he is a raw talent. He has athleticism. He shows flashes of shot making. He's 6'8". He's a forward. He can play alongside of Draymond, Steph, and Klay Thompson when he starts to get uh, more acclimated to the NBA. 
he could potentially be in the G League for a little bit, but I wonder if they would move, um, just have him in the NBA for the experience because he could be the 12th man on the bench and, and get experience, even though you kind of want him to have a little bit of playing time. But he, he's, he's a, an impressive prospect. That's what he is. And he has definite, definite long-term potential. Would we be surprised if Frank Kaminga, Frank Kaminga, tuh, where am I? Where's my head today? Jonathan Kaminga. Would we be surprised if he's the best player in this draft? Probably not. He has flashes. He has skill. The thing also is, if the Warriors want to make a trade for someone like a Bradley Beal, and they can't get it done before the draft, having Wiseman, having Jonathan Kaminga, having uh, assets like that, these prospects, these natural talented players that need a little bit of time to grow will appeal to teams who are breaking down their rosters to rebuild. So it, it plays two roles. Number one, it gives the Warriors some hope for the future, him, uh, Kaminga, and Wiseman. And number two, if they end up making a trade for someone like Bradley Beal, which, by the way, honestly, I don't know how I feel about that trade if it ever happened. Because I'm just not a big fan of two guys being 6'3", your guards being 6'3", or smaller. And that's what it would, would be if, if Beal and Curry were out on the court together. But anyway, to get back to the uh, Kaminga pick, you, you have those two assets, those two raw, talented, potential young players that you might be able to convince a franchise that those two are building blocks for their franchise for the next three years that they will develop into these stars. So it's actually a very smart pick. And because they got the number 14th pick, they could potentially draft somebody who is more NBA ready at the 14th pick. So good pick here for the Warriors if, of course, they do this. With the number eight overall pick, the Magic select Moses Moody. So Moses Moody, apparently, for everything I heard, everything I read, he's 6'6", he's a great spot-up shooter, and he plays really good defense. He is NBA-ready. And it's interesting to me because this uh, Moody might be a better fit on the Warriors than maybe on the, on the Magic. But if he goes to the Magic, the, one, the player that they're comparing him to, shades of, is McCann. Cal Bridges, who we saw in the NBA Finals. And that's the kind of guy you want, if especially if you're a team that's like has a lot of potential. It's somebody you know you can rely on. So for the Magic here, I actually like this pick. Again, it's a young guard. It's a prospect still. You know, there's still a lot of potential there. But you know what he is in this league already. Like, he can be something in this league instead of sort of a you know, low floor, high ceiling guy. He's more of a, a high floor, maybe a lower ceiling, but still somewhat of a ceiling type of player. I would, um, again, just to reiterate, I would like the Magic to maybe trade their two picks for something a little more established, somebody a little bit more established. I don't know who that's going to be. 
I don't have any really suggestions, and that's the hard part about all this. Is like I could sit there and be like, yeah, they should trade their two picks, but like for who? That's that's my question. To move up, but I don't think may, maybe the Cavs would let them move up, but I don't know. Magic's are the Magic are in a tough place right now. Although it's also can be a good place because with all this young talent they have, and it just I encourage you go look at their roster and how many guys that are under 20, 25, 26. They have a t- bunch of twenty two and twenty three year olds. They just need like one or two of these guys to hit. Well, it would be great if two of the guys would hit, and they would be a pretty solid team. But that's the problem is if you keep swinging and you're not developing your players right, it doesn't matter how many picks you get. It's just not going to work out. So it'll be interesting to see what the Magic do in the draft. I'm really interested to see what the Magic do and even the Oklahoma City Thunder. Those two teams are – and the Warriors. Those three teams to me are the most three most fascinating teams of this draft. With the number nine pick, the Sacramento Kings select Franz Wagner. Probably butchered the name, but Wagner, he has uh, a six, he's six nine. He's a small forward. He has perimeter skill set. He's a catch and shoot guy. He can guard multiple positions. Again, this sounds like a good um, match to me because you want to get some <laughs> players in there that can play alongside De'Aaron Fox. Otherwise, Fox isn't going to end up staying. You still don't know what. Marvin Bagley is um and Fox he has to start you know like as great as he is he's got to be more consistent of a shooter Halliburton was probably the steal of the draft last year I'm not saying he's the best player in the draft but the steal of the draft considering how far he fell and where he was picked and it sounds like Buddy Heal and Marvin Bagley are both in trade rumors right now, which is sort of interesting that Harrison Barnes isn't, but I do expect them to maybe look in trading Harrison Barnes eventually. But I think this is just a good fit because you get somebody who can play alongside of Heald if they keep him, and Fox, who doesn't need the ball, who can defend multiple positions, who can get open, catch and shoot, and, and, and be effective at it. And this is something that Sacramento needs because, again, they just throughout their their history, as far as me watching basketball, I remember the Mike Bibby, the Weber, uh, Chris Weber, Lottie Divac um, teams, and how how solid they were. They were really good. They made the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers, but it, it seems like ever since then, the glory years, they haven't been very good. And they keep getting these young players. They keep getting these potentially good players. Maybe these high. Uh, well, they were. They had Demarcus Cousins and Isaiah Thomas for a moment, which they worked well together. But then they decided to trade Isaiah Thomas. So I don't know about that either. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I like the fit of Wagner on this team. Again, it's just the fact you're getting somebody you know that has a floor and that can play in the NBA, and that's what the Sacramento Kings need to do. With the number 10 pick in the NBA draft, the Memphis Grizzlies select Josh Giddy. So with the Memphis Grizzlies, it's going to be a very important offseason for them as well, which it is for all these teams. But 
It sounds like they're still trying to make their way up in the draft. It sounds like they're trying to trade up further in the draft. But here at 10, they get Josh Giddy, who is a point shooting guard. He um, is 6'8". He has great passing instincts and IQ. But this is what the article mentions. I thought that was interesting. It says he could use better use a better athlete an explosive driver like Morant to play alongside however he'd likely begin his NBA career in a backup role if I'm Memphis I don't want that kind of player to be honest he it sounds like he could play alongside of Morant like I mentioned 6a in in his passing's great but if I am the Memphis Grizzlies this is important. It's an important year. I want somebody who can play right now. Does that make sense? I want somebody who can, because they were so close to making the playoffs, and that's sort of your goal. And to have a backup point guard who has trouble shooting, because that's what the article mentions. That that's not the fit I want for Memphis. You know, you want to put because Morant already has trouble shooting. He needs to get his shot more consistent. So now you're gonna have two guards out there, or two guards on your team that are young and you're trying to build. Both of them are gonna have shooting problems. In a in a league that's all about shooting, I don't know about that. I, I like the prospect. He sounds pretty interesting. Uh, a player a lot of potential in giddy but i just don't like the fit with memphis i'd rather see them get a player like moody who is nba ready and can contribute to helping them win um right now so if i'm memphis i still try to move up i just if that's their goal or i want again an established player somebody that i know is going to be good so there you have it. I'm just only going to do the top 10. Top 10 picks because it's already a 40-minute podcast. I wanted to make this less than an hour. So teams, again, to watch out for that I'm most fascinated with is the Orlando Magic, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Warriors because all three of them have multiple picks in the first round, but especially in the top 20, which means that their move up potential is greater or even like getting somebody would be greater i'm gonna make some bold predictions i'm gonna say the warriors do not make a trade i'm gonna say ben simmons is not traded because the asking price is way too steep however i will predict that the Cavs move out of the three spot i don't know where Maybe it's with the Magic or Oklahoma City, but I predict that the Cavs move out of the three spot, but we'll have to wait and see. So thanks again for joining uh, me here today on Anybody Sports. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, If you have any predictions of the draft for tomorrow night or have anything to say about my thoughts, you can email me at nuttybuddy at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can tell your friends about it if you enjoyed it. If not, thanks for enduring, enduring this podcast. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you soon.